0: status, immigration, and people. Status tells the human stories that immigration impacts. Somebody might be in the US on a E-1 or an H-1B, maybe a J-2 or an F-1. They might be undocumented, or they may have their green card. They might be moving to Canada for a job or to the UK, or maybe they're trying to escape violence in their home country. In any case, Every immigrant has a story. Status tells those stories and how the complex reality of immigration weaves its way into the narrative. Listen here to Status, Immigration and People, available on PodGlamour.com. Welcome to another stop on the Show Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing, actually, this will be the conclusion of our month-long tribute to those gifts that keep on giving those amazing actors who show up in films and thrill us with their prowess. And tonight, we are going to the year of 2008 to visit Vince's selection, Jeffrey Wright. Yes. In... Cadillac Records. Yes. Based on a true story. <laughs> or inspired by a true story. Based,
1: inspired is is real loose. Very loose. Real loose. Along
0: with uh, Jeffrey Wright, this film stars Adrian Brody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most Deaf. Iman Walker. Mm-hmm. Gabrielle Union. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just drew a blank on a gentleman's I don't want to. Cedric the Entertainer. Cedric the Entertainer. Columbus Short. Uh, That's who I was uh, drawing a blank on. Columbus Short. As well as Beyonce. As well as Beyonce Knowles. And directed by Darnell Martin. That will be the film that we will be reviewing tonight on the Me Show Mission. But first, as always, we'd like to thank each and every one of you that uh, blesses us with your responses and your 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 clips that you sent to us, as well as your emails, such as Monique Gramby. Hey, Monique. Mo wrote us again. Yes, yes, yes. Invitation accepted. <laughs> my reaction to hearing my second email read... <laughs> I bust out laughing on a crowded train. (laughs) It's Mo again. (laughs) It's it's Mo again. So new fam, my brothers, the fact that it took you 7 minutes, 47 seconds, and 350 nanoseconds to search your beautiful gray matter to find a movie that had a strong black female lead kind of proves the point. Yes, I know I, I exaggerated the time frame, but the point is it took a while. Yes. No, Zoe Saldana in Colombiana does not count in this category because she was a Latina, Latinx, Latinx in this role, not a black female. Besides, yeah, 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 she doesn't yeah. see herself as black, according to that dreadful interview after Ooh. she delivered a horrific Nina Simone
1: rendition. <laughs> I knew when you said Zoe Saldana, you had spoken the bee's nest. So sorry, Madam Simone. <laughs> like, when you, said, when you said Zoe Saldana, I was actually over here going, mm, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. She dead to me after that mess. Oh, oh. And yes, I did see Widows. Going to see it again this week. Oh my God, Viola was superb. As well as the other female cast. Love Widows, but But. it was an ensemble movie. It was? So that would be a no too. Yes, Viola's character was pivotal, but it was truly an ensemble movie. And no, Sinai Lathan in Alien vs. Predator or whatever (laughs) that was doesn't count either. (laughs) Why, Why doesn't that count? I was talking about a movie in which the central character is a powerful, badass black female. Well, that, well, yes, yeah, Sanaa yeah, was not powerful
1: nor badass. I can't really fa- like. I saw it one time and forgot every single detail of Alien versus Predator Requiem, or because that wasn't the first one, was it? No, the first was one in, is just Alien versus. Predator. No, I mean the one that Sana Lathan was in. She wasn't in the first Alien versus Predator, was she?
0: I, I I believe she was in the first one.
1: So I guess that was just Alien versus Predator. Yes. Okay. And then the second one, I think, was Requiem. It was Requiem. All right. They're not good movies. No, they're not. Yeah, the
0: Alien versus Predator movies are not good movies. I don't think either of the movie series consider them canon.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think they do either. Now I'm going to be good because we got a lot to do. I could go down a huge rabbit hole of the Dark Horse comic series. Mm, yeah, don't. Okay. Don't, don't.
0: Okay. Save that for another question. All right. <laughs> right. Monique continues. Okay. Jackie Brown was yes. the only one prior to Proud Mary since the black exploitation films of Foxy Brown, etc. I hope I'm not being too... Uh, directed on this but i'm laser focused on this aspect of film because it's the sole reason why i started writing because they are a rare species so i'm on these movies like stank on stank you feel me i feel you i feel you i love it i love you guys more Every week, awesome. so glad I found your podcast. Happy holidays too. and Merry Christmas to you and your family. You P.S. Too. I promise I won't be emailing you every week, not trying to wear out my welcome. Peace, N- not possible. No, it's not Mo. So, Mo Mo is always welcome. <laughs> I like that. Yes, yes, I like Mo. Yes, Monique grande <laughs> And she saw uh, Widows and she actually enjoyed it. Yeah. Including it, so did Sabria Hafiz. Hey, what's up, Sabria? She wrote about Widows. So I finally saw Widows last night and I have some thoughts. She put this in our Facebook group. Okay. One, I didn't think it started slow at all. The pacing made sense to the story. Two, I've loved Viola Davis for a while now, but damn, she was on fire. Okay. Three, I get what Len was saying about Cynthia Arrivo. She's a star. Yeah, yeah. Four, I really wish you had a black woman as a part of your cast to discuss the interracial part of the story. I like that they didn't shy away from that part, but made it a part of the story. But man, did it give me feelings. I'm glad I saw it. Thanks, Len. All right. Well, you're welcome, Sabria. All right. Yay, Len. Yay, Len. It's not often, so I I, I oh, take them God when I can get them. Sake. I take them. Yes, yes. So I, that, I will wear that. that, yes. that close to my heart. So yes, brilliant. there you go. You have made my my holiday. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Well, two, two. I mean, we agree with all, all of our points. Well, certainly I do. In regards to an interracial part of the story, because there is the romance. You still haven't seen it.
1: I still
0: haven't seen. It. But the romance is. I mean, you could tell from the trailer. It's between Viola Davis and Liam Neeson's character. Yes. I like that it's not really spoken about either. Okay. And yet there is a sly commentary on, on it, which ties into the twist of the movie. So I can't really get into it. Gotcha. But uh, it's it's funny that she says she, she gets feelings about this because that topic of interracial relationships mm-hmm. is topic number one that I disagree with 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 my two sisters, and we get into it okay all the time. Just generally, or just in the movies? Well, you see it more in the movies, being sure. depicted in the movies, and even now, it's more and more you see it depicted in uh, just regular pop culture, like on commercials. Right, 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 I mean? absolutely. And, um, but more but more so in, in your entertainment business and, and in sports, and when they have a commentary that they want to make On it, I always try to remember that the perspective, because my you know, my two sisters are black women. Yes. So I understand that they're coming at it from a totally different perspective than I'm looking at it. However, I do believe that their perspective also, especially my older sister who is in her 60s, is her perspective is, you know. Also colored by you know her generation, right? You know, have come in, being raised in the '60s and the '70s, so she looks at it from a totally different lens than my sister, who my my, my twin sister, who while being my same age, we haven't lived the same, don't ha- have the same experience sure. life wise. So we're not don't necessarily live in the same world, right? Of 2018. And uh, yeah, it, it it makes for an interesting conversation. I, I it so I I, I would I would uh, imagine that if we did have as a regular person on our show mm-hmm. uh, a woman, um, be they white or black or whomever, uh, well I guess it would probably make sense for them to be black. <laughs> um, it would be interesting to probably get their perspective. On that, which is why, in general, when we have guests on the show, we usually first and foremost seek out women, yes, absolutely. It's, it's exactly for that reason, absolutely, and that there's a the perspective that we can't uh, um, offer, right, on the things that we view, so but. You know, if we if we were to make a woman a regular member of the cast, then we'd have to change the tagline. Yes. And it wouldn't be as snappy. No, no. It's copyrighted. So. Right. I'm sorry, Sabria. Yes. <laughs> and and actually, I like the idea that we can just bring it in different women. Right, right, right. Yeah. Third cheer. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So, there you go. All right. I continue just a little bit of, of news, because I know we have a lot to do tonight. Uh, let's see. What else did I see on here? Ah, uh, Christopher Goodnight. What's up, Christopher? He saw Widows as well. He oh said that... Uh, <laughs> I'm so left out. I guess I gotta go see Widows. Because he, he was saying that he felt there's there's a kiss between Liam Neeson and Viola Davis that he thought looked horribly awkward. Um, However, Sabria said that she disagrees it seems strained but that's because as we later learned there were tensions in their relationship that they were dealing uh, with so i push back against that i say sabria says okay his kissing her fingers in bed tenderly was so real and it, it, there is a moment and this is in the beginning of the moment in the okay. movie when he does like just like genuine uh like like very tenderly kiss her kiss her fingers and i actually i'm glad sabria Pointed that out because, you know, not to toot my own horn. I'm I I love kissing. Like kissing is like number one for me. Okay. Like I I have re- I have realized that like if you can't kiss, I can't be with you. Okay. You know what I mean. But more so than than kissing, I just re- I will just randomly just go up to Twana and just like kiss something. Okay. Because I I because. To me, that's how I show affection. I'm 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 all about the PDA. Okay. So I'll just kiss her shoulder. I I am a sucker for shoulders. Um i I, I so him kissing her finger, that like really I was like, Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You and Liam Neesons. You know you don't know, you know you know you know like kissing? Yeah,
1: I but I was letting you have your moment. Like I Oh, I appreciate
0: that. I also like to kiss.
1: Sometimes I kiss my wife. But you know, that was your moment. Okay. You and Liam Neeson. Thank you. Don't kiss Liam Neeson, though.
0: You don't want me to kiss Liam Neeson?
1: I mean, hell, unless you want to, go ahead, kiss Liam Neeson. I take that back. Go kiss Liam Neeson. I would kiss Liam Neeson. You wouldn't kiss Liam Neeson? I would not kiss Liam Neeson. Why? I don't like him
0: like that. You don't know him.
1: True. Maybe if I got to know him, I'd kiss Liam Neeson. You might kiss him. I'd kiss you. This conversation has gone a different direction. (laughs)
0: It's the holidays. (laughs) Which means nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see... (laughs) Did you see, uh, Abdance, that the producers of the new edition story Yes. And the Bobby Brown story. Yes. Why they're at it again. Yes, they are. They are going to be bringing us American Soul, the unhidden and unknown, heretofore unknown, story of Soul Train. I,
1: I am really cautiously excited about that because the Soul Train story is an amazing story if you've never heard it. Or never like seen any histories of Soul Train. I've so, seen some. So, you know, if they tap into that,
0: this could be something. Okay. Do you really think, having watched the Bobby Brown story... Yes. Having watched the, the New, new edition, edition story... I thought the New Edition story was well done. Do you really think that these producers will truly sit down and dig into the the the, 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 the meat and the bones of the story of Don Cornelius and the creation of Soul Train. I think so. I think it is certainly possible. Well, anything is possible.
1: No, 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 no. But I think you know what I always say about these bios, not to be crass, but the fact that Don Cornelius is dead gives me more hope that it's going to be a real thing than it would if Don Cornelius was alive. But his family is involved. His family is involved. His son is one of the. His movies. son is one. And I will say this about my observations of the Cornelius family. I suspect that there was a negotiation. And once that negotiation was completed and checks were issued, I have more faith in this than not. And I also think that part of the reason that you go to BET with something like this is you assume there is this built in level of respect for the subject so that again, I am cautiously optimistic about this.
0: Okay. Have you seen the trailer for it? I did see the trailer. Okay. You don't like dude. Don Cornelius. Who's, who's cast as Don Cornelius. He doesn't do anything
1: for me. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't, but I'm just going to ignore him. And and consider that this, them.
0: well, no, Soul no. Train is Don Cornelius. No, 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 no.
1: But see, that's just it. There's so, like, you know, so much that went in there, when yeah. with Soul Train and yeah. getting the deals with the stations yeah. and the dancers yeah. and getting the acts to
0: come and, and that, that whole advertising, like whole thing. all of that.
1: They could have a, a, a placard with Don Cornelius standing in his place and if they talk about all that other stuff, I think it can still be good. Yeah, well. But we'll see. All right. I'm in. I'll say this. What else will you say? I don't know how much you've kept up with Green Book and the controversy with Green Book. No. No, I don't. Oh, you know Don Shirley's family came out and said it's all bull. Really? Yeah. They said, it's. well, you know. Green Book for people don't know, right? It's the movie, movie. with Mervisha Ali and Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen, and the person that Viggo Mortensen plays, right? His son and his family wrote the script. Uh, okay. okay, Don Shirley's family, who was the person the Mur- that Mervisha Ali, Ali plays, had nothing to do with it, and they said that this is all fake, and it it never passed the smell test with. If you listen to the episode where we talked about Green Book, I was real like, eh, and it was always something about Green Book that struck me as off. And I'm not getting this with the Soul Train story.
0: I'm so, Why wouldn't they tie, like, try to rope in the guy's family?
1: Because that's not the story they wanted to tell. They wanted to tell this, you know, inspirational cross-racial friendship story and, you know, get some awards. Where does Mahershal Ali called uh, the Shirley family and apologized? Because well, I, well, I guess because he, he didn't know, like he didn't know all of the intricacies of the story. Like you
0: just got a script. Yeah, but but you know what? I gotta call a little. I gotta call a little. A little bull on that. Not not without bull, right? But I, I gotta I gotta I gotta check him on that. Okay, because you just get a script. You're rolling with your script. Right, but if you get a script that is based on a true story, a true story, you feel like due diligence is due diligence is you try to find out at least a little bit about the dude that they're portraying. Well, well, hey, look, I'm just telling you. I mean, wouldn't you think that? I would think that. I w- I find it hard to believe that if you do your due diligence. No, I due hear diligence you. starts just calling the family. My point is, I saw the
1: Green Book trailer. I saw the Soul Train trailer. The Green Book trailer always, it was was something a little funky about it. And then lo and behold, as things have unfolded, I said, "Uh uh-huh, I'm not getting that from Soul Train. And I suspect some of that may be, again, I don't know how protective is not the adjective I want to use. I don't know how much Don Cornelius's legacy is under that kind of lock and key. Okay. Like other figures have been that you can't like, you know, like we'll probably never get a proper Jimi Hendrix um, bio. Right. Plus BET. Whether you believe it or not, I do think that BET going to the Cornelius family as opposed to you know, lifetime Mm -hmm. was a different conversation.
0: Yeah. True. So
1: that's why all of that together. And I just brought in green book as a contrast, but I am cautiously optimistic. Okay. But you know, time will tell
0: in regards to our review last week of Hollywood shuffle. Yes. Markham Lee wrote. Hey, what's up, Markham? Much like young Vince, my siblings and I thought Winky Dinky Dog was comedic genius when we were teens. Winky Dinky Dog. In fact, if you say hoe cake mm. around my immediate family, someone will still respond, Ho's got to eat Holes too. has got to eat. It's a terrible joke. I try not to repeat that
1: joke in 2018, but Winky Dinky Hoe Cakes, Ho's got to eat, does make me laugh. <laughs> John Witherspoon, after he's had the nervous breakdown, sitting in his own filth, and he's got the hamburger buns, and he's saying, everybody, okay for everybody. Okay, enough, okay for everybody. I used to cry. It was so funny. So,
0: There are those little
1: things. Me and the Lee family could certainly sit around and talk about winky dinky
0: dogs. Alan May hit us up on Twitter. Hey, what's up, Alan? At Alan V. May 2nd I'm surprised that the guys made a quick comparison to Fear of a Black Hat, but then don't mention that Rusty Kundif is, is, is in, Hollywood in, in Hollywood Shuffle. He's yes, one of he the guys is. talking about how light-skinned
1: brothers don't get cast as shoot sure tough th- guys. He sure is. We we did. We forgot to mention
0: Rusty Kundall I didn't. Why? I didn't. I didn't didn't think it was worth mentioning. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's a I film. guess I guess was. Yeah. I mean, look, fear of a black hat,
1: I came this close to picking sprung this week. To mm. talk about Tisha Campbell.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I came this close to picking sprung.
0: I forgot she was in that. She's she's actually stars in it. Yeah, I've seen that movie since it came out. Yeah, yeah, I just know I've seen it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Me too. Me too. Like I
1: forget about it. And like, I didn't want to pick it cause I didn't really know my way around sprung. Mm-hmm. And I knew we were kind of talking about actual performances. Mm-hmm. So like, I
0: didn't remember her performance, but you know what it is sprung gets conv- I in my head sprung gets twisted up with what was that dumb movie you had us watch with the other black guy did. Um, the dumb movie that I had us watch
1: with the uh, that the other black guy did. Can you give me about three days while I go through all the episodes? The, the light skinned brother, the <laughs> light skinned brother. Okay, so now I need
0: a day. <laughs> who who was all full of himself and everybody was on his jock. Six hours? No. <laughs> now I need six hours with all the hair. Two and He kept talking. He t- kept talking to like breaking the fourth wall. Oh, you mean um half plenty? Yes.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: I it, in my mind, I think right, the right, time he, period. Yes. I, I, it's, right. Right. Yeah. And what is that brother's name? Chris Sherratt. That's not the, the director's name, is it? In um half plenty, Chris Chirrut. Yeah, Christopher Sherat. That doesn't sound like his name. Yeah. You sure? I, I am. I, I, I don't think you're right. Look up Have Plenty. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up.
1: Why is it taking this long? It's H-A-V and then Plenty.
0: It's Chris Sherratt. Oh, I'm sorry. Vince. I'm sorry. Jeez. Yes. I don't know why it didn't sound right. God, I don't know. But that's him. Well, then I apologize. Yes. Because much like sprung in my head gets mixed up with Have Plenty. Yes. Rusty Kendith gets mixed up in my head with this guy. Oh, you shouldn't do that. So my so my dismissiveness. Yeah, you should not yeah, do that at even all. Even though I know Rusty did fear of a black hat. Yeah. Yeah. And and um and, 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 sprung, and sprung. And he's not a bad actor. no, he's not.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's in school I'm, days. He's in Yeah, he's so Yeah, don't do that at all.
0: Well,
1: we're going to have to do sprung. I respect af- myself. Yeah,
0: okay. All right. So jeez.
1: All right.
0: Pump your brakes. I
1: know what I'm picking first in the new year. Well, one of the two things I'm picking first. Sprung or Fear of a ha- Black Hat. Uh of course, now I'm going to pick Sprung. <laughs> no, please. I mean, Paula J. Parker's in it, too. Oh, Another one I like. Oh, yeah, Paula J. Parker. I do like Paula J. Go Parker. Go ahead. Go ahead. We, we got, we're scheduling for, for the new year. Okay.
0: All right. I think that's the the last thing I want to just point out. Black Sci-Fi hit us up and uh, post it and you probably know about this, is that Spike Lee is teaming up with two New York University film protégés yeah, yeah, for a time yeah. travel feature called See You Yesterday that will premiere on Netflix. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, uh, The feature centers on two Brooklyn teenage science prodigies who build makeshift time machines yeah. to save one of their brother's from being wrongfully killed by a police officer. It's being produced by Spike Lee and stars Eden Duncan Smith from uh, the Roxanne Roxanne movie and newcomer Dante Critchlow and will be feature the directorial debut of Spike Lee's longtime New York City graduate film school protege Stefan Bristol who co-wrote the script with Frederica Bailey. Yeah, looking forward to this. Looking forward to this a great deal, so yeah, that that sounds like fun. So, I'll, so be checking your Netflix listings uh, in 2019 for "See You Yesterday." I like that title. Is there any housekeeping we need to take care of? It's,
1: I mean, besides you telling me all these people that are gonna be on the show next year now.
0: Well, I know we're gonna have the actress Nikki Michelle. Oh yeah, I knew that. She's going to be yeah. on. Um, we're going to have noted uh Philadelphia uh, news reporter, Denise James. Oh, okay. will be on. She's finally locking down. I was this. about to say, yeah. Yeah, she's she, it, Denise is busy. I, I can't hey, knock man. her. She she's on like eight boards and all this hey. other stuff. So she she's locking down uh, to come in. Uh, we're going to be talking to film blogger uh, Thomasina Ferrar. We've got we've got a a, a a few people lined up, ladies and gentlemen. right. Um, right, we're in we're in talks to to get Ryan Sands on the show. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. From yeah. Marvel's Runaways. Yeah. So that that'll be uh, pretty dope. Um and and hopefully hopefully you know. I'm kind of like that, like picking at some people, and we're going back and forth. So I, there's nothing I can announce yet. Nothing we can announce yet. Hopefully, a couple of other. Hopefully, big names come. Hopefully, come down the pike and. Hopefully, I got a real big. I I, I put out a, a line on a real big one. This is a this is a dream one that if we if we get it right, Vince. You, this might be the first show where y- you won't be able to talk. Mm. It is going to knock your socks off. You will be sitting. Is it a Nika Noni Rose? Yes. Shut the f- up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that would <will> be fantastic. <laughs> it will be. Yes. So, so here's to 2019. This <laughs> is looking good, right? Yeah. Alright.
0: Well. Alright. I, th- I think we that's enough. Alright. Let's get into Cadillac Records. Cadillac Records. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. black podcast beat society now an avenue that showcases producers and their creative works as an artist beat society the podcast since 2001 the original showcase dedicated to the fine art of beat making check out the beat society podcast updating every tuesday on BeatSociety.com and wherever you find podcasts. Get involved, get into it, and remember, support Black Podcasts.
1: We sing the blues, you don't have to live them.
0: What do you know? White boy.
1: Chicago, 1950. I want to thank old uh, Lin Chess here for giving my water a chance to shine. Sex had a sound.
0: Play that for
1: me. Danger had a rhythm.
0: What's that for?
1: Casting any good guys need shooting. <laughs> and freedom had a music. I'm a ruler, All its own.
0: I don't bribe DJs.
1: I don't. Based on true events of the legends. I'm a man!
0: Who changed music forever? Better make it good. It don't get no better. Mr. Waters, we're big fans. We named our band after one of your songs yeah. Rolling Stone.
1: My baby, don't stand no cheating. Welcome to Cadillac Records. Stay around long enough, everybody get one. The car's yours. You earned it. <laughs> <laughs> you my white daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she don't stand no that baby come from?
0: A woman came by today.
1: He said she's yours. This December. If I play it, I make you famous and him rich. You said me famous and him rich, yes? (laughs) If you take the ride, you must pay the price. What the hell you know about the
0: blues? I gave you a damn good track. You want it, you sing. (laughs) I don't need no man to take care of me. My lonely days are over. Cadillac Records, a 2008 American biographical drama film written and directed by Darnell Martin. The film explores the musical era from the early 40s to the late 60s, chronicling the life of the influential Chicago-based record company executive Leonard Chess and a few of the musicians who recorded for Chess Records. The film stars Adrian Brody as Leonard Chess, Cedric the Entertainer as Willie Dixon, Most Deaf as Chuck Berry, Columbus Short as Little Walter, Jeffrey Wright as Muddy Waters, Iman Walker as Howling Wolf, and Beyonce, who also served as an executive producer, stars as Etta James in this 2008 TriStar picture that was Vince's selection. For today's stop on the Me Show mission. What say you, Vince, of Cadillac Records and the gift that keeps on giving all throughout this film, Jeffrey Wright. Well, as I mentioned last week, I, I thought we had
1: been sort of hedging our bets throughout this this exercise where we had films where we said we were focusing on a specific actor and the gifts that they give but the films themselves were very good if not great and and even without the attributes of the featured actors these were still great films mm-hmm. so I wanted to get a film that I remembered being not so great so that we could really focus on the actor in this case uh, Jeffrey Wright and Cadillac Records ultimately is a great example of what Jeffrey Wright brings to the table. because as a film, I, I've been trying to figure out a, the, the right word because I want to say it's a mess or, or you know, it's almost like a car wreck. Mm-hmm. But the thing about a mess in a car wreck is that that is a universally bad thing. Right. Like a mess is just a mess. Right. And a car wreck, obviously, there's nothing good that comes out of a car wreck. I think what Cadillac Records reminds me of is maybe a dish that you make Mm. that didn't turn out right and you kind of pick at it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because you don't want to throw all that stuff out. Yeah. So you kind of pick at it and eat at it a little bit. And that's what Cadillac Records is. Ultimately, as a film, it doesn't really hold together that well, but there are bits and pieces that you can pick at. Yep. I, I think, frankly, as a proposition, it was going to be an uphill battle. As as you said, this Calic Records, it is loosely based on the true story of Leonard Chess and and the the the, the rise of of chess records. Mm-hmm. Which is this legendary blues, early rhythm and blues label from Chicago, and you know, as you you know, you mention a lot of the names that kind of walk through those doors. A lot of blues artists: Muddy Waters, Little um, Little um, Walter, Chuck Berry, Etta James, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think the first misstep that that this film makes is just at the, the 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 very the very definition of the film like 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 you can't it, it's almost impossible to have a film about one of these early record labels where the record label owners and the record label executives are positioned as heroes mm. or protagonists because without exception these record labels exploited this black talent yep and and i mean you just can't get around that no so this character that adrian brody portrays that the film asks us to see as one of the main protagonists to see as somebody that we kind of root for to see his rise i mean this is a guy that was involved in this exploitative operation yep and the one thing i <coughs> well one of the, you know one of the pieces that i'll pick at that I appreciate about the film. I think the film and the script kind of does what it can to acknowledge that. Like there are bits throughout the film where they acknowledge this this unequal relationship. Okay, between yeah. the record company and someone like Muddy Waters who who you know as the film says, you know, he's right out, you know, he's a sharecropper and you know one of what I wrote in my notes, there's a scene where he signs a contract and what I wrote in my notes I mean, how well could he read? Right. Frankly. Right. And you have all of this in where, you know, every now and then someone says something about the record label taking advantage of these artists, but it's almost glossed over. Mm -hmm. So there's that part of it, just at the foundation of it as a film. The other real challenge that this film has talking about a label like Chess Records which had all of these legendary bluesmen and and acts you know that we talked about Muddy Waters we talked about Howlin' Wolf Willie Dixon Little Walter Eddie Ed, Ed, James these people are myth like these people are larger than life like if you know yeah. if you've read anything about any one of these people I mean, it's like reading about Paul Bunyan or John Henry or some Like, these are larger-than-life figures. Yes. All of them are sort of crammed into this movie, and none of them are really given the attention that they deserve. Right. And the attention that they deserve is way more than the attention that is given to this friendship between Muddy Waters and and Leonard Chess. Right. Individually, I like all of the performance. Obviously, we'll get to Jeffrey Wright. I know this is I don't I like I don't know what else is is was 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 up for for this role or, or for this award. You know, maybe I I guess stomp the yard. This is my favorite Columbus Short. <laughs> like I really like Columbus Short in here as little Walter.
0: Yeah. Most
1: Death is a delight. Yes. As Chuck Berry. Like, Most Death comes in halfway through this film as Chuck Berry. And, and, you know, again, talking about the choices that this film makes about what it wants to focus on. Mm-hmm. Most Death is one of several characters in this film that I said, I wish this film was about him. Yes. Iman Walker who I don't know a lot about Iman Walker frankly like like my big Iman Walker um experience is with him in Oz okay and then I would I've seen him periodically since he was in Oz he's great as Halloween Wolf yeah he's great as Halloween Wolf the the rivalry between Halloween Wolf and Money Waters again that's a great movie yeah, Like, that's a movie right there between them going back and forth. Uh, Gabrielle Union, who we didn't mention. Oh, yes. Who plays Muddy Waters' common-law wife. Geneva. Geneva gives this really sort of quiet performance as his common-law wife that I like a lot. and It made me realize, much like I did after we talked about her in top five. We've not done a proper Gabrielle Union film. Is she in top five? She plays his fiance. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. But it's the same thing. She plays her position. She's a supporting character. She gets maybe two scenes. She kills those scenes, but then she's gone. So I really like Gabrielle Union in this I mean, you know, you look, Beyonce is terrible. <laughs> Beyonce is terrible in this film. I don't know if this is her first film, but certainly it is early on. And she stops the film cold. Mm. And because she's Beyonce, even in 2008, and because she's the co-executive producer of this film, mm-hmm. so so much time is spent with her at a James oh. that takes any, over the movie. Any goodwill that this film has garnered, even through the the this sort of the, the this this sort this sort of maze of of missteps, mm-hmm. is gone by the end. Mm-hmm. Like like you know you know in in her defense. Edie James doesn't come in until you know halfway the, the film's halfway over. Yeah, like it's not like she shows up in the first scene right. and then it. But but oh my goodness, she's she's just not good as Edie James.
0: And it's not her first film. This is two thousand eight. Dream Girls was two thousand six. Is this after dream girls?
1: Yeah because what I was about to say, I don't think she's good in Dream girls, but I think she's better in dream girls than she is in this. She is
0: because she's playing herself in dream girls she's she well, for
1: the most part I have, I have a I've a, a lot of I've got a lot of opinions about her in Dream girls It has nothing to do with her. It has to do with the casting of her, but that's a that's a different episode. That's a, that's wow, a- you threw me a little bit. I thought this was before Dream Girls nah. because this strikes me as an early performance by her. Mm. Cedric the Entertainer as Willie Dixon, I thought was a miscasting. Oh boy, I thought that was a miscasting. Oh boy, I think Cedric the Entertainer has a comedic energy to him that is completely out of place. Yep, in this film. Yep. And especially for
0: a person like Willie Dixon. And especially for it to be your guide to this movie. He's the first voice you he's hear. He's the
1: first voice you hear. They set it up that he's going to have this voiceover for but then the voiceover drops out. For a while.
0: For he comes back in. Yeah. But for the majority
1: of the film. Yeah. So it's this strange choice that they make. And
0: Then you have Jeffrey Wright in the middle of this mess. You didn't mention, before you get to Jeffrey, you didn't
1: mention Adrian Brody. I think Adrian Brody does the best he does. I think Adrian Brody has a really thankless job. Mm. I think the role of Leonard Chess is a really thankless job. As written in this movie. As written in this movie. Because, again, you have somebody who, by definition, is not the best guy. You know, frankly, I think if you start a record label, whether we're talking about him, whether we're talking about Curtis Mayfield, whether we're talking about um, Barry Gordy, mm. I think there are parts of owning the record label that you're going to be read from the five heartbeats. Right, right. Especially in the 50s. Right. So I think that was in a lot of way the nature of the beast. But instead of having a script where he leans into that it again it tries to downplay it it's ambivalent it tries to position him almost as a hero and I think it's I, I don't I don't know how Adrian Brody could have done a better job with this material okay and I like Adrian Brody a lot that's the other reason I'm more forgiving of him because I know he's a better actor okay. But then you have Jeffrey Wright, and he has this role as Muddy Waters throughout this mess, Mm -hmm. and I think he's fantastic. Yeah. I think Jeffrey Wright is fantastic. I think there is this humanity to Muddy Waters, and and by humanity, I don't mean the kind of fallback to nobility where you say, oh, this—like, I think he— He has his faults, and you see his faults very early on. Mm -hmm. I think he has this amazingly complicated relationship with Little Walter. Mm -hmm. He has this amazingly complicated relationship with Leonard Chess. He has this amazingly complicated relationship with Howlin' Wolf he has this amazingly complicated relationship with his common law wife, Geneva? Yes. Geneva. And you see him in different colors and different tones in each of those relationships. Yeah. I think he does this wonderful thing just to bring in Jeffrey Wright's other work where it's almost along the lines of, of how we used to talk about Lon Chaney where he vanishes in the role and it's almost like, is there a bit of prosthetic involved, Mm -hmm. but it's just him. Like you think Mm -hmm. about him and you know, if if you're watching him a lot now, you're seeing him in Westworld. Think about him in Westworld versus his role in boardwalk empire versus Mm -hmm. his role in shaft versus his role in this. And he completely recreates himself. And then for something like this, where he's actually portraying a a historic figure, if you look at footage of Muddy Waters, there is a Muddy Watersness about him Mm -hmm. that is remarkable. So that at the end, I think that this is a really great example of what we were talking about when we wanted to focus on actors right? that are the gift that keep giving, because this is a film that in, in many, 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 many ways is a failure. But I think, frankly, I think it's worth watching this film just to watch Jeffrey Wright.
0: It is because he is amazing in this movie. You're, you're right. He is like one of those, Actors that's kind of like a chameleon. I, I I liken him to someone like Dustin Hoffman. Many oftentimes you'll watch movies with Dustin Hoffman and he, you just, you forget that it's Dustin Hoffman. You know, you just see whoever the character is that he's supposed to be. Uh, you, you know, he transforms himself into Muddy Waters. He's remarkable in Shaft, Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire, he's almost unrecognizable. Um, Westworld, he does great work. You forget, this is a guy who was given probably one of the better performances as Martin Luther King that has Mm. ever been filmed, and he looks nothing like the man. But you totally bought into...
1: you're talking about boycott, right? That was the HBO film that that you're right. It,
0: it, that's King. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I I don't see Jeffrey. I see I see I see Martin Luther King. That is how phenomenal the the guy is. And you're right. There's so much about this movie that is that that is. There's good stuff there. There's meat there. I think it's just a little overcooked. That's mm. like that whole um uh, analogy you you were coming up with in the beginning. I was thinking about like when you go to the barbecue, and you're cooking the ribs, and you cook them just a little hair too long. Mm. So they're still good and they're tasty, but there's some part that's just a little too overcooked, a little bit too charred, tastes a little bit too much like like the uh, like charcoal, and you can't really eat them, so you just pull them off. You know what I mean? And that's what this is. You know, it starts. It starts. The movie starts burnt with. Cedric the Entertainer, and whatever that voice is that he's putting on, <laughs> which made made me double-check, oh, I'm sorry, is this a, a Wayne's Brother movie? Mm. Exactly not. I don't know exactly. I, I must have, I'm, I'm, I missed the memo. You know what I mean? But then you see Jeffrey Wright, and it all is right in the world already because you see Jeffrey Wright, he's playing Mighty Waters from the beginning. And you see this guy come drive out, wants to get Muddy Waters on tape because I like your sound and everything like that. And you're like, all right, boom, we're going to be introduced to the Muddy Waters movie. And then this movie takes the first of what is um, many missteps. It turns itself into Cliff Notes because you then jump to Adrian Brody. And then within five minutes, you know, chess records is basically created. You know what I mean? There's it, it. It pulled all of the meat off the bones and just got got straight to 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 um, the chess records. And then next thing you know, Little Walter's there and Howling Wolf. And it's just so much in this. There's not enough time to breathe. Mm-hmm. It the and the movie is breathing along. With you've got two phenomenal actors, Jeffrey Wright, Adrian Brody, upon whose shoulder to hang this film on. That's all you need. If you want to throw, if you want to do the story of Chess Records, that's great. You got, you have those soulful eyes of Money Waters through whose lens you can see chess records. You can see his relationship with Leonard Chess. You can see his relationship with Little Walter, with Holly Wolf. You can see how he's living his life and how he you know, he's got a little bit of a uh a self-destructive uh vibe to him, yet he also has a little bit of a you know, a uh uh, uh uh wayward child childness about him and then he kind of like still some way, I guess probably because Geneva, Gabriel Union stays with him, it turns to be like this This uh, like the senior spokesman mm-hmm. of chess records, you know? And that is the history of chess records right there, you know what I mean? All of the lessons that you have learned in the 50s and 60s of the record business, it's all on display there. And are these, are all the are a lot of these story beats that have been told before in other films? Yes, that they are. Um, it's some in films that are of a factional nature, uh, such as like Ray and, and things like that. It's some in films that are more of a fictional nature, like Five Heartbeats. Mm-hmm. So there's familiar beats, but here you have something different because while you have the story of you know the white man and what he did to black artists you also have the change over of American music on display as well because the blues comes in and what they don't tell you really in this movie is that blues comes in it totally supplants the big band and traditional music that was getting the mad play on the on the radio at that time, mm-hmm. He supplants your <coughs> Frank Sinatra, your Bill Bing Crosby's, your um your Guy Lombardo's, all of those music blues comes in and just takes all of the kids away from them. Only for then blues to start getting funked out by Chuck Berry. And getting buried by their own. And that's an interesting story right there. Oh, yeah. You know? And, and and even there, you have a window into what happens to Chuck Berry in that you're introduced to the Rolling Stones and Elvis Presley mm-hmm. by way of this movie. The biggest problem about this movie is that it's a movie. This is a miniseries. Right that that's and that's what they want they want to tell all of these stories you know you said the story of little walter is the the story of little walter is is so rich to be mined you know <laughs> yeah. and, and not just because columbus short you know embodies this character so strongly and that you can't take your eyes off of him but because of his relationship with muddy waters and because of his relationship with uh leonard chess yeah. you know, his was more antagonistic you know what i mean uh muddy waters had like a brotherly type of situation because they him and leonard chess kind of like built chess records but then L- little walters comes in and he's he's a little distrustful of him right and L- little walters is the one that Checks muddy waters on how Holly Wolf, who is your is your big bad because he's the big bad Holly Wolf, is the one that's coming in like nah, like I don't need a hundred dollar advance, I don't, I don't want to come come in owing you, I I know I know the game, you know what I mean?
1: I don't borrow against the store,
0: exactly.
1: You just pay me what you owe me,
0: exactly,
1: exactly. I, I said oof.
0: I mean I said oof. I mean. There's so much there and and even that is too it's too much it's mm-hmm. too much but if you if you if you just put on the brakes a little bit and slow it down maybe and and maybe get a little bit more creative and deliberate with your direction because I think it some I think the movie might be a little overwritten as well you know maybe the dialogue is not the most you know. Hmm. if only there was a half
1: hour perhaps 45 minutes in this film that was used for other purposes yes that you could take that half hour dare I say 45 minutes take this particular plot out completely yes and then let all these other stories that you're talking about breathe using that half hour dare I say 45
0: minutes yes because you are so right once <laughs> once the beehive hits this movie <laughs> it's glitter <laughs> this movie I'm like what just happened here <laughs> excuse me <laughs> I, I'm knocking on the screen like excuse me <laughs> we, were, we, were we, we were watching <laughs> Cadillac Records we were watching Cadillac Records
1: <laughs> where did glitter come from <laughs> like how you drop little Walter out completely and then bring him back with some old man facial face makeup. So like, whoa whoa how he get so old? What happened? What happened in all them years? <laughs> Last I watched he crashed a Cadillac into the window.
0: I need a new Cadillac. And now he's gone and now he's an old man. And 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 all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, Muddy Waters is Huggy Bear. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, he's a, he's a cameo oh. in the rest of the movie. I'm like, what? 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 what all of a sudden, Leonard Chess, who has been played to be, yes. Slyly, they give, you know, lip service to some of his shenanigans. Uh, right. Everybody gets a Cadillac. Oh, well, you know, we see what's happening here. Right, right. You know what I mean? But they only play lip service to that. Other thing they play lip service to is that, you know, him, I'm a married man. You know, right. you do you, Muddy, right. with those three chicks. I'm, I'm you know. I'm, right, right. I'm going to go, you know, I, I got, I got my lady at home. You know what I mean? So they paid lip service to that. But once the beehive hits, oh, my. oh no, Leonard is just smitten. So well, yes. He 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 is totally smitten and beguiled by the Etta James-ness of Beyonce. Yes. Or
1: Beyonce in a bad wig. Beyonce's
0: not- version yes. of Edda James. Because yes. I don't know the Edda James story it's a wild story. I know it to be wild. Yeah. But I don't know the Etta James story enough to say that Beyonce is not acting as be- Etta James would in these moments. But I seem to believe I, I want to believe that she she wouldn't. But I do know that Etta James Don't sound like Beyonce when she's on a record. (sighs) See, uh, here's, here's,
1: Beyonce always sounds like Beyonce. Yeah. Which is great.
0: She can sing her ass off. She can sing. I mean, she can. She can. You can't knock the woman's, but when she's playing a character
1: that doesn't sound like that. Real quick, that's part of my dream girl say. Like the whole dream girls thing is that Dina Jones was created. Dina Jones is a creation. Right. To be the front of the dreams. Right. Dina Jones was not the talent, or rather the raw talent. Dina Jones is the avatar of. The product of this Motown type factory. Right. That everything came together and created Dina Jones so that when the second act in the play and when the part or not the second act but when the dreams are introduced in the play and in the film and they say the dreams and they come out and they sing We Are Dream Girls as the audience you're supposed to be amazed Mm -hmm. that this awkward skinny girl who's been on the side is now in the center. Beyonce just Beyonce the whole thing. Yeah, like when it starts, it's like, well, shit. Why isn't she in the lead? It's Beyonce.
0: Right, right. Eddie Jones, James.
1: Eddie James is tortured. Eddie James, you, you know, he said, "We, I want this woman who basically sounds like these men." We've seen Howlin' Wolf. We've seen Muddy Waters. We've heard Little Walter sing. So we know the demons that come out. when Howlin Wolf when, when Walker portrays Howlin' Wolf mm-hmm. singing, he is actually growling. Yeah. Edta James is supposed to be a female version of that. Not Beyonce doing Beyonce stuff. Yeah. Like I read that her version of Atlas she sang it at the inauguration. You remember, she sang it at the inauguration at the dance. That's what Beyonce sounds like. Right. She sounds like someone that you bring in to sing at the inauguration of the first black president. Mm-hmm. Edit James is supposed to sound like she is singing for her life. Yes. Like, if I don't do this, I'm going to die. And he- I am singing
0: to people who feel that way as well. Here's here's proof of what you say, the movie provides it for us, because you see the scene where Etta James is in is singing in the studio, and I figured she's singing about the the watching the guy. Oh yeah, the, it's a great song down, down the aisle with another woman, and she sings it, and Adrian Brody stops her because he's not hearing what the song is about. Right. He's not hearing the pain in her voice. Right. So he gives her, you know, he he berates her a little bit, you know, gives her a little bit of, you know, coaching. Right. Firm coaching on what this song is. Right. What you're supposed to be bringing to this song. And then what she do. And then she gets, she sheds, you know, a tear, gets back onto that microphone. But... Damn it, if she doesn't sing the song the exact same way (laughs) that she just sang it.
1: (sighs) Yeah. It's... Yeah.
0: She, I mean... I'm not I don't I'm not in the beehive. No, but no. but neither am I a Beyonce hater. No. I appreciate Beyonce for
1: hey, who and what hey, she is. She's Beyonce is fantastic at being Beyonce. She really is.
0: And, and 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 God bless her, she did it and they're, you know, whatever, you know, and okay. But in this movie, because I've actually seen Beyonce in things that I've liked, you know, like liked her in. Like I thought she was fun in um Austin Power. I'm about to say goldfinger and, go, and gold member. Gold member. I thought she was fun in that. Yeah, no. Oh yeah, she's not bad. You know what I mean? But you know, I uh, I remember even jokingly on the Black Tribbles. this was year ago, years ago. Suggesting, daring to suggest that since they were having trouble, let's just go let's Let's just go for it, and Hollywood should cast Beyonce as Wonder Woman because they were having trouble getting the movie made. You cast her as Wonder Woman, you'll get the movie made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, let her run with it. Right. You know what I mean? I I put it out there, and I sincerely meant it at the time. Yeah. So I I say this with, with regard for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's horrible in this movie. Yeah. But the but as bad as she is in this movie, the crime is it of it is that it stops everything else. Yeah. It takes over the movie. Sucks the that's, air that's really out of the, whole the crime thing. of it. Yeah. The story takes over everything. If this, Cadillac Records, was the miniseries that it truly should be, then you've got an hour that you devote to Edna James and then Muddy Waters, who you've probably seen in throughout the miniseries. Right. Man, he does come in for his little bits and moments. Because the 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 only aspect of her story that I actually enjoy is that is the brief window that it gives you into once again, Muddy Waters and his relationship with Geneva. Yeah. and And like I said, him taking on that kind of like that like senior mentor right uh of chess records and and really leaning on the role that geneva has provided for him in his life right and that being a reinforcement for their relationship right at least from what it appears yeah i don't know definitively because unfortunately i'm not giving the end of the muddy waters move story which is all you really want, which is all you really from want. this freaking movie, yeah. You've yeah. got the end of Adrian Brody's story, yeah. So you, I mean, it kind of gives you the end, right? Because you know, it it it, it ends with him, with it, it with their music being reappreciated, right? Now over overseas, over in Europe, as yeah. as we know, it's it's what had happened in the sixties and seventies and, and and him and Willie Dixon going there to be uh, feeded upon like they deserve. And you get the footnotes about how each and every one of them would go on to become members of the rock and roll hall of fame. Yeah. So, you know, there definitely was appreciation shown and, and even uh, uh, some financial consideration thrown their way. Well, yeah. Which was a really big story. Yeah. You know, and and, 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 uh, again,
1: that's a story. I mean, the whole, the, I'm, mean, you know, to your point about it needed more, it needed more time. The bottom line is, you can't bring Chuck Berry into the story. Like right. once you bring Chuck Berry or Little Richard into the story, this now becomes an entire story about the origins of rock and roll. Exactly. as we talk about exactly, it. and that whole Chuck Berry suing the Beach Boys. Because the Beach Boy stole his music, it's not even the tip of the iceberg right, right. of everything that went on during this period with stolen music, with the covers, with all the things that, again, once you introduce Chuck Berry, you got to deal with that. And if you don't deal with that, your audience is like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. So you know, you just mentioned in passing that he sued the Beach Boys, that he got arrested. I don't know if you heard him. We we were just talking about it a few weeks ago. He 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 said when they arrested him, he said, "You know, my my, my dear friend Jerry Lee Lewis is with his thirteen year old mm-hmm. bride across town. You going to stop by his he house? To stop by his house as well. All of that you have to deal with, or
0: don't don't mention it." Yeah, just don't mention it. And you you can deal with it if you actually choose a focus. Because if you don't want your focus to be that, because the story is so large that it could, you know, at a James your movie, yeah, then look at it from the lens of muddy water, muddy water. Like, pick and your focal point. Yeah, pick your yeah. pick your focal point because that would be an interesting focal point. Yeah, because. There, there was something to be mined with Muddy Waters finding out that the Rolling Stones named them named themselves after one of his his songs. Right, and it's never touched on again. But then, if you then see Chuck Berry come in and what his music does to the blues from Muddy Waters' viewpoint, and then seeing something happen to Chuck Berry, what does that trigger in Muddy Waters' mind? Right, you know what I mean. What does it trigger in Muddy Waters' mind when Little Walter? Has his run in with the cops and uh, Leonard Chess, and then has to check Muddy Waters about you know like, hey man, maybe Howlin' Wolf was right. Right. You know what I mean? What does that put? What does that? You, but right. you, you got to choose the land. You got to
1: choose, yeah. And they don't. Right. And this film does not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and and, and it's a shame because there is so that there, there is meat on there. There's yeah. meat, but it's just it's it's too much, and it it really is a shame uh what surprised me though is that in looking at this uh you know looking up this movie and and looking for history on it that there were a number of noted critics including david edelstein uh and stephanie uh, uh david edelstein of new york magazine and ao scott in the new york times who ranked this like as the their fourth or tenth best film of 2008. Yeah. Which really surprised me because this movie came out in December of 2008. Yeah. So the bulk of 2008 had already come out.
1: You know what? I have to say, I'm, I'm just, you know, I hate to lean on this. I really do think that the fact that it didn't completely vilify Leonard Chess, I think that there is a certain type of Frankly, baby boomer Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: appreciated that. Maybe. Quite honestly, maybe. I mean, because we've seen the film.
0: Yeah. Or they, or it is. It is. If you get wrapped up in again the the work of Jeffrey Wright in this movie, yes. The pop of most death in this movie is Chuck Berry. The work of Columbus Short to be to be and Adrian Brody. If you get wrapped up in that, I could see you just saying, "Okay, there's something here," and it's got good music. Yeah, I mean, but two thousand eight, two thousand eight, the Dark Knight came out, right? Iron Man came out, right? Um. Uh, I was looking up some some of the movies that came out in in, in 2008, Doubt, with Meryl Streep. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like, 2008 was a good year for movies. This is not
1: even close. I think they were trying to, to, to do some heavy lifting. I mean, as as you know, we haven't mentioned, this was a box office failure.
0: Yeah, it was. It was cost $12 million. Yeah, this was it a box office failure. Barely off crossed like five. And, and regardless
1: of, of those reviews, I remember the reviews being very mixed mm-hmm. across the board mm-hmm. for this film. Yeah. And then when I saw the film, I remember thinking I understand why those reviews were very mixed. But you know, as I said, when we talk about this period of music history... I'm always more fascinated by the politics mm-hmm. behind the reception of these truths. Because this is again, chess is not quite ground zero, but it's right there. Yeah, And there are a lot of players. I mean, they mentioned Alan Freed is in one scene and Alan Freed was, was a very complicated figure mm-hmm. during this moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and the cast somebody like Eric Boghossian to play yeah. it for just that one right, scene. Right. And you have that throwaway
1: line where, where Chuck Berry says Alan Freed owns one third of the publishing of, um, I forget which song it was, which mm-hmm. Chuck Berry song, but that happened a lot and it's ongoing. Like, you look at these artists like Chuck Berry, you look at Little Richard, you look at Fats Domino, you look at a lot of these 50s era R&B rock and roll singers and if you really want to know the truth you follow the money yep and you see who owns the publishing and it is something that has boiled over in certain cases and then there are other cases where you, you know like I don't know who owned like Fats Domino is another one when you look at the people who own the publishing it's like well wait how did he get the publishing and again I'm sorry I think that anyone who kind of really talked about how great this film was I think it goes back to Leonard chess and the and the depiction of
0: Leonard chess and yeah. that
1: is my you know that is my belief because the quality of the film is self-evident
0: would you recommend people see this film
1: I would but again understand what you're going into Find Jeffrey Wright, hold his hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And let him walk you through it. Yeah. Let him walk you through it. Um, Something that I found myself that I did. Uh, Beyonce has two complete numbers in this film. <laughs> yeah. Like she sings two complete songs. You can fast forward through some of the songs. Because there isn't any actual action really occurring during the song. Because some
0: of the songs that are sung, not hers, but some of the songs that are sung, there's like some scenes happening underneath them. And and there's there's story development. You know, again, Howlin' Wolf's first performance
1: is this microcosm of the rivalry between Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters because he calls Muddy Waters' girl down and he's singing to her basically. But... I mean, it. they basically made two music videos for Beyonce, which, you know, she a co-executive producer. So, hey, yeah. wait till our co-executive produce something. Oh. And now some interpretive dance for seven minutes from Vincent Williams. Oh, Lord. That's right. But, yeah, I would recommend it. I would recommend it. with Again, with the caveat, find, find Jeffrey Wright, folks. Just hold his hand. How about you?
0: Yeah, um, I can't recommend this. That's fair. Jeffrey Wright is good. He's good. He's not. He's not. (laughs) He's not that. He's not that good. He's good. He ain't that good.
1: He ain't that good. What you do is you go and you get you a videotape of
0: Westworld.
1: Watch the first season.
0: I'm telling you, if we weren't reviewing this movie, uh huh. When Cedric the Entertainer came on, you turned it off. That was the deal. <laughs> <That> Cedric <laughs> the Entertainer was the deal breaker.
1: I was going. My name is Willie Dixon, and I got a story to tell you. <laughs> yeah, the thing about Beyonce is that she's so bad, she pulls the criticism from the other weak parts. Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we've barely talked about Cedric the Entertainer.
0: Yeah, you know. And he's not good. He's not. I just think it's a miscasting. He's, he's, he's not good. He's not good. Like I said, he, he didn't get good as an actor to me until the last OG, which is uh, the TBS series. You know what? I like him in Talk to Me. You know what? You're right. He is good to talk to me like that's You're a right. nice. You're right. I forgot about speed. that. Yeah, I did forget about yeah, that. Yeah, I like him. He's very good in that. Yeah, he is very, very good in that. You're right. So I, I, I take that back.
1: Yeah, I think this is just a miscasting. Like, there's nothing funny or warmer, amiable about Willie Dixon.
0: No, no, not at all. Mm, yeah. All right. <sighs> Let's get out of here. All right. So, um... yeah. So there it is. I, I. I Watch it at your own risk. Right. <laughs> That's fair. So Cadillac Records, yeah, boom. Um, go buy some muddy. Go buy some muddy waters. Yeah, and go buy some little Walter. Now, yeah, now, little Walter was always a name I appreciated. Yeah, but this made me want to look up some it's, of his music.
1: It's the, the music is. I mean, hell, go look up. I was listening to some Chuck Berry. Oh, I've got Chuck Berry. Yeah, but like I, I think I just. Run Run Rudolph is our Christmas song this year in my house. Mm -hmm. And we didn't actually own it, so I downloaded Run Run Rudolph. But then I was looking, and I started listening. You know what I think my jam for uh, 2019 is going to be?
0: What? 70s Chuck Berry. I don't know if I got 70s Chuck Berry.
1: Here's the thing. Chuck Berry kept making records. Oh, I know. Like his last record before he died, he was 90 years old. So I was listening to 70s Chuck Berry. I was like, Yo. He's killing it. He's actually killing it. Like, I listened to three albums from like 71, 72, and like 75. I was like, what is this? So, yeah, go listen to some Chuck Berry.
0: All right. Yeah, there you go.
1: Well, there's your lesson. I mean, hell, go listen to some Eddie James. (sighs) Yes. Yes. Get the real at last I don't I don't have I don't don't have the documentation for me but I believe my wife and I were the very first people to ever dance to at last at a wedding reception at our wedding reception no one else ever did it before us after we did it then people start having at last as their first song well look it up look it up I don't have it in front of me but I believe that's true I had to start somewhere before 1999. No one else ever did it.
0: Well, if if you said it on a podcast, it must be true. It must be true. They
1: don't just give these podcasts to anybody. No, <laughs> it's <laughs> not like you just get a mic set up in somebody's <laughs> kitchen, set up somebody's kitchen, and do a podcast. <laughs> Call it a show. Yeah, there's a very official operation going yeah. on right here. But yeah, go get some. Don't
0: try this at home. <laughs> but yeah, go get you some Etta James. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Vince and I are going to be taking a couple of weeks off. We are. For the holidays. We are. So we will be returning in 2019. Yes, we will in the far future. Yeah. So if you follow us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, we will let you know what movies are going to be coming your way in 2019. Um Vince is giving you a heads up that fear of a black hat will be coming soon.
1: I actually said sprung. Don't be trying to hypnotize me. Oh yeah,
0: he sprung it on you. That fear of a black hat is going to be coming up very nice, soon. Nice. Um, so uh, so check that out. But we do want to wish each and every one of you a very safe yes and happy yes holiday season. Yes. With you and your loved ones. Yes. Have some fun. Yes. Have some cheer. Yes. And um... and at the end
1: of the year, as we do every episode, but I think it's the end of the year. Yes. So we should. we, we, we want to thank you. Yes. You know, thank you for helping us and watching us and growing with us. This little podcast that could. We appreciate each and every one of you. Your support, your spreading of the word, the love and the vibes that you send. And we're looking forward to 2019 with you. You know, we've been
0: doing this for over two years. I was about to say, we're coming up on three years jesus christmas yeah oh yeah that's beautiful though yeah that's beautiful but yeah thank you each and every one of you absolutely uh we we love you all thank you podglomerate yes for taking us on yes uh as one of your podcasts and uh, and and putting us in with your family yes Uh, we appreciate everything that you do for us yes um thank you wppm yes one of those 106.5 FM. Yes. Philly Cam. Philly Cam. Uh, Thank you very much for supporting our show. Thank you, WKDU. Yes. 91.7. Yes. The voice of Drexel University. Yes. Thank you for supporting the show. Yes. Thank you, um, all of y'all. And all of y'all.
1: Yeah. And people
0: that write us on the emails. We we love getting the emails. We do. Feedback. Each and every one of you. And also a very special thank you and they'll never know this happened. So if you know them tell them. Thank you Wendy and Yes. Because if it wasn't for you two, we wouldn't be here. Cuz all it would take is one word from you. No. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to be able to make it. Um yeah, we gonna have to shut this down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so if it wasn't yeah. for you too.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: So thank you, ladies. Yes, you show
1: ladies. Errol Johnson said on the Get Out episode, it comes up in my house. Period. She said, "Black women always breathe in life into black men's nonsense."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, that, that sounds about right. So. Yeah.
0: so thank you for your thank you for your oxygen. Yes. <laughs> and it goes without saying. Thank you, Vince,
1: and thank you, Len.
0: All right, all right, we're gone. So, um, look for this show where you got it is where you get it. We keep on getting it. He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again.